Before we kick this episode off, I need to tell you about something special. One year ago, I started my membership Strong with Estelle, a 12-month fitness membership to help women gain confidence in the weight room, gain strength, and lift heavier. I myself used to be super confused and overwhelmed in the weight room. I pretty much just stuck to the treadmill and maybe a workout I screenshotted on Pinterest. After doing this, along with gym classes for years and years and years and still being super uncomfortable in my body, I decided to give lifting a shot. I was still afraid of lifting heavy and worried if my form was right, but I ended up being one of the best decisions I ever made. There are a variety of reasons you may be holding yourself back from getting started. Maybe you feel like the workouts are going to take too much time. Maybe you're worried that weightlifting isn't right for you right now because of the season of life you're in. Maybe you're concerned it's bad for your hormones. Or or maybe you think you need to go to the gym in order to get a good workout in, and that feels like too much to handle right now. Or maybe you're worried about using the wrong form, lifting too heavy, and getting hurt. And while those are all valid concerns, from my personal and professional experience and working with countless women, I can confidently say your workouts only need to take as long as the time you have. Weightlifting is beneficial for women in every season of life. When done properly, it is beneficial for your hormones. You don't need to go to the gym to get an effective workout in. You don't need to be obsessively worried about form. More often than not, people overthink this and it holds them back from making substantial progress. And I've taken this all into account when I created the Strong with Estelle membership. I created short yet effective workouts that offer versions to be done at home or in the gym. There's no fancy exercises where you're flying around the room. We stick to the basics and we get really good at them. You learn how to find the ideal form for yourself and learn when and how to increase the weight. You become part of a community of women just like yourself who are making the time, doing the thing, getting stronger, and putting themselves out there because they want to feel good in their bodies and live a long, happy life. You also have access to me, a fitness professional who is not just certified in personal training, but also behavior change, fitness, nutrition, and life coaching. Right now is the one year anniversary of this membership. And for a limited time, I'm offering $125 off when you join for the 12 months and giving you a free one-on-one with me that you can use anytime during those 12 months. If you're not ready to join for the year, you can still save $8 a month. That's a total of $96 when you stick around for the year. It's time we made your workouts work for you, not vice versa. The link to sign up is in the show notes. You're listening to Fitness Beyond Aesthetics. I'm your host, Estelle, and I'm super happy that you're tuning in today. I'm a certified personal trainer and life coach whose life within the health and fitness world has been pretty all over the place. So no matter where you are within your fitness journey, I can probably relate to it on some level. I know that fitness is for you and that you have a valued place in this world. I've had my fair share of ups and downs, insecurities, and honestly feeling like an outcast from exercise and fitness. Little did I know that I'd actually become a leader within this space and help women from all walks of life gain confidence, find freedom and understanding, and feel at home within the fitness world. In this podcast, my goal is to help you fall in love with exercise, become amazed by yourself, create healthy lifestyle changes, and break down that confusing gym and lifting stuff so that you can feel welcome and at home within the fitness world. Everyone is welcome here. Let's get started.
Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Fitness Beyond Aesthetics. In this episode, I chatted with my friend Jenna, who is also a coach like myself, all about how the physical and mindset work intersect. If you've been listening to FBA for a while, you know that I am a huge proponent of digging deeper into reasons for wanting to change one's body. And we talk about real live client experiences and how we've helped our clients go from a very aesthetically focused approach to loving their body and feeling confident even without weight loss. If you're struggling to maintain a change more often than not, your mindset needs to be addressed. And sometimes mindset work can seem daunting, confusing, and really scary. But in this episode, we wanted to clarify what that really is so that you feel empowered and motivated to work on your mindset as you carry on with your fitness journey. Estelle, I am so excited for this conversation because it's something that I've been seeing a lot in my coaching practice and also personally, just this transformation between both the physical side of a health and fitness journey and the mindset side of things and how those two things intersect. And it's very beautiful work. It's challenging and it's definitely against the grain, I would say. It's not like your common coaching philosophy or your common coaching relationship, but I find it to just be something that lights me up. That's why I was so excited when we came up with this topic. I was like, I really want to speak into this because I think that so many people have been on a health and fitness journey or a health and fitness kick in the past, and maybe they weren't able to stick with it, or maybe it was too challenging for them, or maybe they felt like it was a chore. And Mm -hmm. I think that when we can combine both the physical and the mindset side of things, that's when we really start to see the true transformation. I think that I know for myself, when I started combining the mindset element into my coaching, it was when I started realizing it was needed like for myself and for a lot of my clients. Like, I I can't remember, we started talking about this like a month ago, but I know I used to be very much so just like eat this kind of food, don't eat this food, do this workout. And like, I'd throw in some random motivational quotes, like thinking that was going to help. And that's so not it at all. Like when we talk about mindset work, it's not just the motivational quote. Like it goes so much deeper because our external surroundings, like our life is a reflection of what's happening inside. So if we're not able to sustain, like we're always quote falling off track, what's happening inside. That's what we need to look at. Yes, I completely agree. And that's the stuff that I think people are both scared to do, or maybe Mm. they're not sure how to confront that. And I'm kind of curious as to how you would typically support a client through this kind of work. I know I've seen you post on your Instagram just about like the different offerings that you have and how I love how you say you're like mindset work as needed, you know, like it's like Mm -hmm. on an as needed basis because it honestly is thing it you might be fine and not need certain elements of it. And then there may be times when you know, you're just kind of cruising along and and don't need it. And then other times where it's like, okay, let's, let's look a little closer and, and right. underneath the hood here. Yeah. And that's because not everyone wants to do it and not everyone needs to do it with me. Like some people mm-hmm. have a therapist, some people yeah. just aren't, aren't open like that, or it's, it just doesn't work for them or they just don't even need it. They're just like, yeah, I just want to work out and I'm happy with that. And they don't really need a whole bunch of hand holding for consistency and accountability. Like they have their workouts and they're good and they're happy and they want might want to ask them some fitness questions, you know? So not everyone mm-hmm. wants or needs that mindset work. 
but I find that 80 to 90% of people do. (laughs) They -hmm. really, really do. And they don't even realize it. They say things like, oh, I just need more motivation. I just Mm -hmm. need more motivation or, oh, I just need more time. Or I just like, I just need something. And I'm like, no, you don't like motivation is great. It's super nice to have. We're going to have it at certain points in time, but there's going to be times when we don't have it, no matter how much, like, however much, whatever you have, you're never going to consistently have motivation. So if you're always waiting for that to come around, that's what I'm like, no, let's, let's look at your life. Like, let's look at why this is so hard for you to, to sustain and why essentially you don't want to, it doesn't mean you don't want the result, but why don't you want to go through this process? What are the barriers along the way? Yeah. Something that kind of popped up in my head when you started talking about the concept of, I just need more motivation or I just need someone to hold me accountable. It, it got me into this headspace that I often hear with prospective clients around, like, I just need somebody to tell me what to do. And I mm-hmm. think that that ties directly into this concept that we wanted to chat about around like an extrinsic versus intrinsic motivation and how mm-hmm. extrinsic is really driven from outside of ourselves, whether that's through a coach or through some motivating event that you have coming up or mm-hmm. a old version of you that you would like to go back to, right? It's something that's like very external and not necessarily within our control versus tuning more intrinsically and being able to identify like, why is this important to me? Why do I want to pursue these goals? And what are the expectations that I'm setting for myself? And are they even realistic? Because I think that's where people get lost, right? It's like, okay, I have here's the results that I want. So here are all the things I have to do. But if you don't have the capacity to do those things, it's not going to work for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And just an example of something intrinsically motivating and not that this is something I encourage, but I think it's something very relatable because it's something we probably all did at the very beginning of our fitness journey when it was always like, I just want to, I just want a slim body, you know, like when that's what it was all about for us. We've all been there. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. everyone listening to this and you and I, we've done this. And I found like some like model girl on Pinterest and it was like my screensaver. And I was like, this is my motivation. I'm going to look like this one day. Not and not like saying, yes, go do this, but it's an example of extrinsic motivation. This short-term motivator from outside, this didn't come from within me. It came from outside and it made me want to work out. That's an example of extrinsic motivation, having a support group, like people that you work out with. Maybe you want to start walking more. So you have a friend hold you accountable, like, hey, we're going to go walk for 30 minutes, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That's an extrinsic motivator because you know someone is relying on you. They're, They're essentially expecting you to go on a walk with them. But intrinsic would be, like you said, it would be searching your internal reasons for wanting to change. So for example, when I onboard new clients or even sometimes just when I'm talking to them, it's like, why do you even want this? So like, you know, the thin body girl, I'd be like, why, why did I want that? Did Mm -hmm. I want to be more liked? Did I think life would be easier if I Mm -hmm. had a smaller body? Like, what was it about those things? Like, what is my life going to look like? What do I think my life is going to look like Mm -hmm. when I've achieved that? That is your motivation. That is coming from inside because it shows you the gaps that you have in your life. 
right now. And so once you identify those gaps, you can go about filling that in, in a healthier way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that what's really interesting about this question of why that I've experienced with clients is sometimes even when they ask themselves why, it's still an extrinsic reason that they're not Mm -hmm. really noticing. Mm -hmm. So it might be either an old belief that you've adopted over time. It might be something that is really deeply rooted in terms of maybe diet culture and how we have perceived the ideal body for a woman to look. And mm-hmm. and we might not even realize that we're like, yeah. that's not even our own reason. And I think mm-hmm. that's where people get stuck. It's like, oh, well, that feels like it's important to me, but it's like, yes, but is that because you're just conditioned to believe that? Yeah. Okay. So I have an unpopular opinion I'm going to share. And this is actually something that learning aerial silks has taught me if you know maybe you have a fear of heights so if you do this is going to make total sense you know that this isn't logical you know that it doesn't make sense but every single cell in your body is telling you it's wrong Mm -hmm. every single cell is telling you it's wrong and so something that i've learned is that intuition is not always accurate our intuition Mm -hmm. is not always accurate and Mm -hmm. that's very controversial because people are like, always listen to your intuition. It never steers you wrong. And I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe that's true. Or maybe we don't even know what our intuition is and what is something that we've been conditioned to believe. Um, So I think that's, that's a big piece for me with this. We could apply it to this as well, that we might think like, I have to look like this for this reason or that, or this is my motivation. And it might feel like it really feel like every cell in your body tells you that this is it, but it might not be. So, I mean, like, it's not for me to say, like, I'm not in anyone else's position, but that's just something to help people dig deeper to be like, wait, where did this belief come from? Because our environment tells us what is normal, whatever Mm -hmm. we surround ourselves with tells us what is quote, right and wrong. So or beautiful and ugly, whatever. Um, yeah, you you get what I'm saying. No, I love this. And actually something that I learned in therapy is like both your intuition and fear reside in the gut. So sometimes mm. it's really hard to understand which one of those things is speaking, you know? So that's why it might feel like your intuition is telling you the wrong thing. Whereas it might just be the fear is actually speaking in that moment. Yes. Uh, and that was a big game changer for me because I was like, wow, you know, and again, this is where all the mindset stuff comes in though, right? This is how you're able to make decisions and to guide yourself in either your healthy lifestyle or any other area of your life. But I'd also love to like take it back to the days of where you and I start our journeys. I think that it's mm. really important, especially being coaches to be very clear and upfront as to what we started with, right? Because we didn't just like poof like this and appear like this and and mm-hmm. decide that we have all these healthy habits and all these things, right? And we still Mm -hmm. obviously are human and make mistakes like everybody else. Mm -hmm. But I think that people often associate coaches with like, maybe they didn't go through a struggle or they didn't have some sort of perspective that I do on the topic. And it's like, no, most of us have actually been exactly where you are. Yeah. And And that's why we're really good at it and why we're passionate about talking about it. Because it really matters. And this is the support that I wish I had, you know, when I was struggling. But my personal journey started working out outside of playing sports because I played sports growing up. 
And then I decided to start working out for weight loss, which I was never big by any means, literally never really had any weight to lose, but I thought I had lots of weight to lose. And I started going to a spin class when I was 16. And that was like the primary motivator for me was like, oh, well, when I work out and I eat less, then I look like this, mm-hmm. and which was a, a thinner version of myself again this is like early 2000s to mid 2010s or so, right? So that was the era of the smaller, the better, right? That was Mm -hmm. like how a woman should look. Mm -hmm. And there was not a lot of stories around strong women. And I'll, I'll never forget like getting the magazine in the mail. And it was like for the gym that we went to. And there were like, you know, bodybuilders on there and Mm -hmm. like women bodybuilders. I'll never forget like my, my parents like commenting and being like, oh, wow, look at these women, like in a really negative way. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, interesting. And like, I kind of adopted that too. Like, yeah, there's so much muscle on that person. Like they don't need all that muscle, (laughs) you know? I'm like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Although to this this day, like too much muscle does kind of like freak me out because I'm I'm very weird about like seeing people's veins and things. So anyway, (laughs) all of that to say, like that's how I got started, right? was just this very like physical side of things. And there's nothing wrong with that, Mm -hmm. but- if you would have told me that this journey would evolve into this incredible personal development exercise that I will be on for the rest of my life, like I would have probably never believed you. And two, probably would have been like, I'm not signing up for that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's sometimes what scares people away when it's like, your, your whole world is going to change. You're going to do all this mindset work. They're like, I don't want to work with you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, no, please just give me the workouts. I don't want to do the scary mindset work. But my journey started very similarly to yours with spin classes, spin classes. Mm. I started going to spin classes when I was 13. I was 13 years old. And uh, I don't like to blame it on anyone because it was definitely just the whole culture at the time. And again, like I mentioned before, our surroundings kind of tell us what's normal. And I've definitely curated my surroundings to be more body neutral and less aesthetics focused. So I for sure know that aesthetics are still a huge focus within the fitness world, but at least the way I've curated my life, it shows more than that. And so I'm guessing that there's definitely more body neutral advice out there now, as opposed to when I was 13. So that was almost 17 years ago now. So it started off with me just like being in a gym environment a lot I had family members that like worked at a gym, friends that worked at the gym. I was honestly interested in fitness. I was interested in the human body. So that was an element, but I only ever really saw it as a way to lose weight and change my body. And honestly, at the time I was definitely overweight. I could have potentially been like, quote, in the obese category. I didn't feel accepted. I've really been on both ends of the scale where I was like uber duper small. And everyone was like, oh my gosh, how did you get that tiny? And I've been Mm -hmm. on their side too, where you hear what people say about you. And even if I was healthy, like I know, like looking at back at me, not even just because of my weight, but I wasn't healthy at that point in time, but I would hear what people said and even just comments that they make about themselves. And you know, like, well, if you're like half the size of me and you don't Mm -hmm. feel good, how should I feel about myself? Stuff like that really made me want to change and be accepted. And I thought maybe I'd have more friends and that's really how it started for me. And it really only changed when I only started seeing exercise as personal growth and self-development other than 
aesthetics when I was maybe like 25 years old. Yep. Yeah. 25 years old. So a long time went by and just, this is a little bit of a side point, but I start, I started thinking about it when you were talking about the bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. I think this is why fitness culture is so bodybuilding focused. Like even if they don't call it bodybuilding, why it's aesthetics focused is because that's where it started. It started with bodybuilding. Like bodybuilding was super duper popular in the seventies and eighties. People didn't really talk about powerlifting. It was just like Arnold Schwarzenegger, raw, you know, like how can everyone do this bodybuilding kind of workout? And just because that is essentially the foundation for modern fitness, I don't want to say the foundation for fitness, but modern fitness, that is why it is still so geared toward aesthetics. That really got me thinking. And now I'm wondering if bodybuilding was also the first big movement for women to get involved in the gym. I think it could have been. This is actually a topic I've been wanting to research more on. And I've just been like reading a little bit here and there about it, but I wouldn't really call it research. But I think you're potentially right. And it was, and I remember seeing like gym videos from the 70s and girls are like walking around in like skirts and high heels and they have like these weird machines. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, this is is like, this is not functional at all. Like, you know me, I'm like lifting barefoot, like (laughs) very functional. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you wear heels all the time, I guess it's functional. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, if you're going to like live your whole life in heels, then go for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, something too that you mentioned that I think was just the perfect example of this conversation was how regardless of if your journey at the time was both physical and mental, you were expressing how you were feeling starting with I'm doing these changes because I don't love the way I look because internally I don't feel accepted in the body that I'm in. So Mm. see how those two things are already like looping together regardless of you even being aware of it. And I think that's where I know you said in the beginning, like, yeah, like some people like don't necessarily need or want this work, but I would argue that like most people need it and they, especially the people who don't think they need it probably need it even more. Oh yeah. Because that example right there. And I was the same way, right? It was like, for me, it was very physical in terms of working out 24 seven. Then I went into this period of just like not eating at all. And I got to this very, very skinny place where I had never been before and was like, okay, cool. Here I am. Everyone's complimenting me. Everyone's telling me how good I look. It's reaffirming my behavior, Mm -hmm. but hello, I was absolutely broken broken mm-hmm. mentally. And also I pretty much broke my body for lack of a better term, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just in terms of my hormonal cycle and also mm-hmm. just my relationship to myself was awful, you know, and like all the consequences that came along with that. And I think that it's always happening both directions, whether we realize it or not, even at such a young age, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. The, the inner and the outer are constantly intertwined. So yeah, just like I mentioned before, me wanting to change my body was a reflection of wanting to be accepted. And I think that's really common, but there are so many other reasons why someone would want to change their body or just use weightlifting. And it just, this came to my mind right now. I saw this horrible 
video on TikTok. I might have even mentioned it to you. It was like this guy at the gym and he was like, hey, instead of spending all that time in the in in the bathroom doing your makeup, why don't you just go to the gym? You can't hide your fat with all that makeup. Somebody mm-hmm. that that effect. And of course, it went viral because it was horrible anyways. But what I was thinking is like people do the same thing in the gym. People try to cover up their insecurities with muscles, too. It's not like yeah. that's better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's plenty of like disordered ways to exercise that aren't necessarily like trying to lose weight either. Yes. yes. There's so many other issues that we can try to cover over or almost like addressing the symptoms of yeah. something mindset related with weightlifting. So that's why like we need to assess why. Well, why yeah. do you want to do that? Like, are you what are you trying to cover up? Yeah. Or run away from, right? Or run away from. Exactly. I feel like a lot of people set goals based on this feeling of running away from something, right? It's like, I fear this. So therefore I'm going to run this way or this Mm. direction. And for Mm -hmm. me, like I covered up pain and anxiety that I was experiencing in college by running five miles every single day. And if I didn't run five miles and I only got in three, it was like the world was ending. Like I Mm. was not a good person and I just was very unhappy with myself. And that was, it took me a while. I went through that cycle for a pretty long time before I it clicked that like, wow, this relationship is not healthy mm-hmm. that I have with exercise, even though it seemed positive, mm-hmm. you know, for and, the results I was getting and yeah. everyone's comments. Yeah. Like, I don't know what you think about this, but this term I hate is like the gym is therapy. Yeah, the gym is the gym is not therapy. The gym is the gym, and therapy (laughs) is therapy. Like, no, like I I don't deny that it can be. It has therapeutic elements, but it is not therapy. Like, if you're going to the gym because you feel like you need to go to therapy, then you need to go to therapy. I've definitely said before, like the gym is my therapy. Before I actually started going, oh yeah. But I would say that one of my best friends, even when we were in high school, so we're like 15, 16, she said to me you know, just like you go to the gym to work out your body, like you go to therapy to work out your mind, you know? And I was Mm. like, what a great, what a great concept. And that's always stuck with me all these years later. Uh One of those things somebody says, and I'm like, how great was it of her to like, say something like that? Yeah. And I clearly did not listen to it because then I went away to college and was a gym crazy person. But here we are now we do both things and both things are supportive to the growth and the healing and the process. And I think that that's the happy balance, right? And I do understand that that comes with some form of privilege to be able to afford to go to therapy and things like that. But it's really awesome just how accessible therapy has now become, right? They have Mm -hmm. apps like BetterHelp to be able to support you in your therapy journey. Also, if you're struggling with something specific, there's like groups out there that are Mm -hmm. available for you to join and be with people who are struggling with similar things. And also, it's just a way more accepted form of relief now than it ever has been. So I'm very happy about that. Yeah. And it it used to be something where it's like, oh, you have like this serious problem. If you go to therapy, like what's wrong with you? And it's like, actually, like everyone has something wrong with them. Yeah. Like for you to like be like, no, I don't need that. It's like everyone needs help. Everyone needs help. Like who, who are, who is anyone to be above accepting help if you're able to. Let's take a moment to hear about one of my favorite products, Perfect Supplements. Now more than ever before, it's so important to get your supplements from a high quality and trusted source. 
Perfect Supplements searches the globe for the best place to source their ingredients from, and then each batch is put through a rigorous third-party lab testing to make sure their products are clean and safe. They have some of the best prices I've found, and what's even better is when you buy in bulk, you save even more. Buy three of anything, save 20%. Buy six of anything, save 25%. And even better, use the code Estelle, that's my name, E-S-T-E-L-L-E, at checkout for an additional 10% off that already massive savings. Okay, back to the episode. Yes. One thing that I say too is like, who has time to worry about other people and their struggles when you have your own self that you're working on. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm like, there's no capacity <laughs> for me to even, and I'm the, I'm not saying that I don't have capacity to hold like people I care about, but like, I don't have time to worry about things and what people think or whatever, because it's like, I'm busy working on me over here, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think everyone should be doing that. <laughs> right. But like we said in the beginning, not, it's not the work that everyone chooses to do. And, and that's because okay it's hard because it's hard. It's so hard. Yeah. So when you're working with your clients, how do you kind of guide them through this process? Like what are some of the like before and afters with your clients who have gone through this mindset work or going through it, I should say? Yeah. I'll start with kind of how people show up and it Mm -hmm. kind of ties into what we talked about earlier in the beginning, but this kind of all or nothing thinking is extremely common for most of the clients I work with. So This is that feeling of, I need to be perfect all the time. I need to hit all of my workouts. I need to do every single exercise. I need to hit every single macro or every single portion that I have assigned, or I'm a failure. And I think that that mentality is what leads people to continue going on this hamster wheel of up and down and never really feeling like they're finding a lifestyle that works for them. And so what I try to drive clients to is more of this consistency effort, right? So more of a consistent effort over being perfect. And this is really hard because I work with a lot of type A perfectionists, right? I just had a client reach out to me and it was so sweet. She sent this message and she was sharing how she's going out to dinner with friends this weekend. And normally what she's done in the past is typically she'll look up the menu and then be able to like guide her decision in order to eat what she wants. And I think that that's a great suggestion. However, mm-hmm. her friends were like, let's just figure it out when we get there. And so she sent me a message and she's like, so I'm just getting a little anxious. Like, should I look up all the potential restaurant menus? Like just in case they pick one so I can be prepared. And I was like, and then she said, Or should I just kind of like trust myself to be able to kind of navigate the situation and to be able to make like a conscious choice that works with my goals? Mm. And of course, I would assume that most of us would say, let's go with option two. (laughs) That Uh sounds like a much more peaceful thing. But as a coach, instead of like telling somebody what to do, right, my role is to help guide them. So I said, well, which option sounds better to you? Right. And That's the extent of the story because I haven't heard back from her because this was right before we hopped on here. But I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you just by the fact that she even gave that second option, Mm -hmm. I have a feeling she's going to lean more into that second option. But that's really that all or nothing mindset work live right there, right? Is being Mm -hmm. able to decipher, okay, yeah, like the perfect scenario, I'd be able to pick out my meal ahead of time, make sure it fits in with my macros, and then I can carry on with my day. 
But there will be situations in life where you do not have control, where you do not know exactly what's happening. And so it's really important to have flexible approaches that, that allow you to trust yourself. Ultimately, that's what we're building through these skills anyways. Like, yes, we're utilizing macros, but the point is for that to be a tool to eventually move away from tracking macros because you understand what your body needs and you start to understand that connection deeper with yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's basically all or nothing mindset in a, in a nutshell, but I have so many examples of that. Cause I'm sure that it runs rampant with your clients as well. Would love to hear yeah. from your side of things. Yeah. So definitely a lot of my clients had come from using like very extreme, extreme methods, like things that we've did in the past. Like I have to run five miles or I fails. Yep. yep. <laughs> like the, that kind of thinking. So just an example, cause you gave an example of basically you're allowing your client to guide herself. And that's what really good coaches do because, yeah, we could be like, oh, do option two because option two sounds best. But mm -hmm. then that's not allowing them to figure it out for themselves. Mm -hmm. When when they make the decision, they are so much more empowered. Yes. So that's that's what good coaches do. So I had a client who she wants to lose weight and I'm like, I just feel like weighing like every single day, every single week even isn't always helpful. And she didn't tell me, hey, I'm, this is what I'm going to weigh myself. Da, 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 da. We hadn't really gotten there yet. But she she hopped on the scale and she regretted hopping on the scale. And she messaged me and she's like, hey, I'm just vocalizing that I just wish I hadn't hopped on the scale. And I was like, instead of being like, yeah, you shouldn't have done that or <laughs> like telling her when she should have. I asked her, well, when do you think is a good time? Mm -hmm. You know, because sometimes we don't, I guess what I'm trying to say here is sometimes we don't even think about these things because mm -hmm. we're so used to rules. Yeah. We're so used to just like, like, these are the things you eat. These are the things you don't eat. This is exactly a workout. And this is when you do it. And this is when you go to bed. And this is, you know, like, we're just like told what to do. And we just like follow it, like, like tunnel vision instead yeah. of like, let me think about why and what I want. So that's kind of what I did with her. And I was like, when do you think would be a good time to use the scale? Because we all know what the scale is. Most people know that the scale isn't an accurate reflection of progress. We know that it accounts for so many more things, but we still use it. Yeah. You know, so let's just pause for a second and think about when do I want to use this and why? And once you've said that and you've like vocalized it to your coach or written it down or whatever, it's going to have a much more powerful effect as opposed to the coach just telling you everything you already know about a scale. Like we know this stuff. Most people don't hire a coach to be told everything they already know. They want mm -hmm. to make a lasting change. And this is what is required for lasting changes. One other thing I wanted to talk about, I was just on a call with a client yesterday and she kept using this term, getting into the swing of things or in the flow of things. And I was like, what if there was no flow or no swing, but we were just always swinging? <laughs> like no matter what. Yep. Like what if there was no out of the flow or in the flow, but we were just always in the flow, no matter what. Like using terms like in the swing of things amplifies to me, I don't know about you, but as a coach, when someone uses this term, it shows me that they see exercise like as this extra thing that they have to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, we don't want it to feel like this thing that you have to do. We just want it to fit into your life. So if someone yeah. starts using those terms, even if they like exercise, 
if they start using those terms, I want to identify what's making it feel like a chore. Like, how could we make this a natural part of your life so that there's no swing or flow? We're just always swinging and flowing with it. Like, it's just constant. It's not like, oh, the river's going and now the river stopped. It's just always going. And sometimes there's going to be bumps in the road, but you're going to keep flowing. You're going to keep going. So that's kind of my approach with things. And it's always a process, but I think the process is essentially getting the answers from the client, not telling them word for word what to do, at least with mindset work. Yes. And I think that sometimes it like makes clients mad. Like when I ask them questions that they probably are like, what, what a dumb question she's asking me. Like, obviously option two sounds better, you know, but it's like, Mm -hmm. and I try and explain that when you make that decision for yourself, behavior change research shows us that you are more likely to fulfill that promise because now you decided it, you promised that for yourself. Mm -hmm. And so now you're building that self-efficacy, right? This belief in yourself over time. And so I absolutely love that. And I definitely agree with you. And I like that idea of, things always being in flow. For me, when you said that automatically came up like negative feelings, right? Like, oh, this client thinks that there is like this on and off switch. Mm -hmm. And so what I like to tell clients is instead of on and off, it's just a dial that you can taper up and that you can taper down depending on the season of life that you're in, depending on the capacity that you have, Mm -hmm. but we're never completely shutting it off because it can always be there and it should always be something that's supportive to your life. Not something that is, we need to add it in or fit it in, or it's stressing us out. Like that is not how this work should be. Right. Exactly. Like for example, this client, she recently, she recently moved and it's like moving's a whole thing. You know, I'm not going to be like, no, you better get your workouts in or like, you need to stay in the swing of things. Like, (laughs) Like, no, like that would be the situation where we dial it down. Like that's the illustration you would use. And it's still on, you're still going, but you're just looking at like, hey, what is my current situation and what can I do? And that's not for the coach to tell the person that's for them to figure out and like, say, this is what I can do. And this is what I can't. And this is what I'm going to change back to, you know, you know, I'm going to dial things up again. Yep, exactly. And even like mapping that out, like what is your like optimal sort of mm-hmm. space look like? And then what does it look like to do the bare minimum? So yeah, I think that that's really, it's really powerful. I think too, to show like exactly how clients are working through the things that we're sharing, because this is the real work. This is mm-hmm. how it's done. We're not sugarcoating this and it's not fun. You know, we're not saying that this is like, you know, the, the work that's necessarily going to help you achieve the body of your dreams. Although I do believe that that is often correlated. If your mindset Mm -hmm. is not in a good place, it's going to be really hard to see long-term physical transformation, Mm -hmm. right? I believe that you cannot have that happen sustainably and long-term successfully without having the element of mindset in a good place. Yes, exactly. And what would you say to people who are like, oh, but I know this person, they're, you know, they lost all this weight or super tiny and they're like very pro weight loss and aesthetics and they seem super duper happy. What would you say to that? My first thing that came to mind, and I always Mm -hmm. like to speak right from that place Uh because I feel like that's always my heart talking, Uh but it's like, you don't know how that person got there or you don't know what's underneath the surface. Mm -hmm. And so they might appear happy, right? Just like Mm -hmm. you and I probably did when we were in the 
smallest phases of our lives. And you just don't know what other people are experiencing or had to go through in order to get there. And if that does work for them, then great. That's fine too. You know, like I, Mm -hmm. I, if you're able to achieve that and that brings you happiness, because I've I've definitely seen that. You've definitely seen the stories of people who were maybe significantly overweight and then they lose a lot of weight and then they are able to move around more because Mm -hmm. they have less body to move around and their health markers are improving and things like that. Like, yes, of course that person's going to experience more happiness and that's great. Mm -hmm. I think the person that I typically talk to is the person who doesn't have the 30 pounds to lose like they think. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. like it's like the person who thinks that they need to lose all of this weight, but they're already generally exercising, Mm -hmm. taking care of themselves for the most part, maybe not managing stress because they don't think that's important. Maybe not doing the mindset work because they don't think that they need to go there. But that's kind of who I speak to in that situation. But Mm -hmm. I would love to hear your perspective on that. Yeah. Well, to me, it's a really good cover up for an internal problem that's not being resolved. And you know what? Hey, if that's helping you cover up this problem right now, that you are not mentally prepared to get help with and to go through the process of addressing, do it. It's fine. But that doesn't mean they're actually happy. It's just a really good cover up. It was a good cover up for me. Totally. Because it gave it gave me control in a time yeah. when I had no control. No control. Exactly. And this is almost always what it comes down to is control yes. for everyone. Yeah. And that just got my mind going in terms of like this idea of short-term pleasure versus long-term pain. Mm-hmm. So in those moments, right, it might be a short-term pleasure because it's removing that aspect of struggle that you're experiencing that moment because it's giving you this Mm -hmm. hit of control that hit of dopamine Mm -hmm. but that's just prolonging your long-term pain through that situation because that problem will never go away unless it's addressed it will keep coming back and it will manifest Mm -hmm. itself in other ways until you address it from the root itself Mm-hmm. And I think we could both speak on behalf of that because of our experiences and what we've dealt with personally. And as we've seen with clients too, right? It's just like, that will keep being a problem. And we have clients who have reoccurring struggles, right? Mm-hmm. Like they experience the same kind of struggle over and over again, whether it's related to nutrition, fitness, it's not the actual thing that happens, but it's the reason why it's happening mm-hmm. that keeps this problem coming back up. Right. And that's why it's so important to address it from the root to really get, again, underneath the surface and really do the mindset work that's associated with alleviating that problem for the long run. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. The last thing that we wanted to chat about was just this concept of how this work is not tangible. Mm-hmm. It's really not like you're not going to take a progress photo and see it. You could, you could see maybe some like improved posture, maybe some like happier smile on your face. Like you could see it that <laughs> way. But like compared to the typical path that people take when pursuing a health and fitness journey, i.e. weight loss, there are things that are going to move around, right? There are tangible results that can be seen. And I think that this work is tricky mm-hmm. because you might not feel like you're making progress or you might not be seeing the progress happening in real time. And so I'm curious how you support your clients through those phases where it doesn't feel like they're making progress. And Mm -hmm. even if it is moving away from more of the physical side of things. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. I feel like because the mindset and the external are so intertwined, like you said, you're going to see some shifts, but some examples of how this has been reflected in clients in the past is like one client came to me like very focused on like, Hey, I just want to tone up, you know, like she, she was like, okay, we can do mindset work. She wasn't like against it, but it was like, I want to tone up, you know, and we did the things like building healthy habits, created a routine for her that like fit into her life. It like flowed for her because everyone uh, as a life coach, I understand like this balance that each individual has. It's different for every person, this balance between predictability and unpredictability. And some people like thrive with predictability. Like, no, like I need every single workout to be like this, da, 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 da. And we all need elements of unpredictability or like where we can see fluctuation in life. Like if we always had oatmeal for breakfast and then we had black coffee and then we sat in our chair (laughs) you know like the same exact (laughs) schedule like so dull and boring like we need some variety in there everyone has a balance of this anyways we found this balance for this particular client and it felt like a flow it felt very natural in life and because she was able to stick to something and see strength progress it actually built a ton of confidence for her because she hadn't stuck to something for like that long and like built habits in her life that supported it it was extremely empowering she went back to school wow yeah so like that's an example of like that's not a fitness fitness like yeah going back to school isn't like fitness related but it it shows that this greatly impacts your mindset it greatly impacts your mindset to to go and do things that you didn't think you could i've had clients ask for raises after they, because they, because they built their confidence, their self-confidence. Yes. Like I want more money and I'm going to go back to school. Yeah. <laughs> you know, these are things that people are afraid to ask where they're like, well, I don't want to get fired. I don't want my boss to think such and such of me. I really want to learn this thing, but I don't think I have time. I don't think I can do it. These originate with you not believing in yourself, mm. but something that like the primary thing that weightlifting has taught me is that failure doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because you can always try again. You can always do it again. So like the real failure is not trying. That's when you've failed. So (laughs) I'm like really on a tangent right now. No, I love this. (laughs) So so I guess that's not directly answering your question, but that's essentially where the mindset would be affected for my clients. And I think if a client's ever like struggling with not seeing, you know, like weight coming off or like toning up or whatever, I'd be like, hey, let's look at like some actual health markers. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, how's your body temperature? How's your, you know, like, how's your skin feel? How's your hair? Like those kinds of things that are a true reflection of health. You know, like, how are your bowel movements? Like those kinds of things. Like, are you happier? (laughs) Do you have more energy? Like those basic things, like actual markers of health, as opposed to what we've been told is healthy our whole lives. So that's what I would choose to like focus on with someone if they were struggling, feeling like sad because they're not, their body isn't changing. Yeah. I do very similar things with client. And as you were speaking, a client popped into my mind and her and I had worked together for about, I think about a year and a half. And she was one of my all-time favorite clients. We did so much mindset work together more than anything. And she had expressed to me because the process that I do with a lot of my clients is a reverse diet, getting them ready Mm. for 
if they want to go into, you know, hang out in maintenance or maybe go through a, a deficit in order to lose weight. That is the way that I help clients do that. Again, assuming that they're under eating, which this is a whole topic for another day, but right. <laughs> <laughs> most people who listen to my podcast probably know that by now. And I'm sure you've talked about this too. So we're good. But she and I were working together and for the longest time she was in maintenance and just hanging out. And she's like, when can I diet? When will I be ready to diet? Like, and just like itching to get to that phase. Mm -hmm. And then simultaneously, while she was eating more, she was able to lift heavier in the gym. She was hitting Mm -hmm. brand new PRs. She was going consistently to the gym, which was something that she had never done before. And I told her, I was like, okay, I think, I think you're ready. Like I just, the data that you've given me, everything is in a good place seems like it's a good time if you were still interested. And we tried it, we started. And then she messaged me like maybe a couple weeks in and was like, Jenna, honestly, I don't want to do it. She's like, I feel so good with where I'm at. I'm so happy with my body. I'm so confident in myself and what my body can do. And I just really don't have a desire to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that yeah, is the work like realizing that. And I think I, I definitely like coined this for myself and it's, I'm sure somebody else has it too, but it's like, I help clients realize that health and fitness is more than weight loss. Right. It's like even getting to that point where they don't even want it anymore. Like yeah. That girl came in super focused on weight loss. Like we had conversation after conversation of the work that needed to be done before she could get to a healthy place in order to diet. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was back to back. I mean, we were going back and forth every single week about it. And then finally she was just like, I, and I catch up with her every now and then. And she's just like, I'm still kicking in the gym, like killing it. And I am just so grateful for the work that we've done together because it's just, I feel really confident in this lifestyle that I've built. And that to me is just like, oh, so inspiring, so beautiful. And that's the point of this work. Yeah. And that's often what happens is people, I won't say it happens to every client. There's definitely clients who are like, no, I still want to lose weight. And I'm like, okay, cool. No worries. But a lot of the time people just don't care that much. They're like, oh, actually I don't care about weight loss anymore. Actually, that wasn't what I wanted. For some people it is what they want and that's fine. But for like 80% of people, they start lifting, they build confidence, like self-confidence and what they're able to do. And they have energy and they're happy and they're able to do all of the things they want. And suddenly they don't care, you know, like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. It's so fun. Yeah. And yeah, of course, if, if people still want to lose weight, that's fine. I think that sometimes as women, we have this expectation for ourselves that we've received from society around, like, if you're in the gym, it should be for weight loss, right? Like if you're eating healthy, it should be that because you're on a diet, like, How many shows from the 90s or early 2000s have you watched and you see a woman eating something, a salad, and they're Mm. like, oh, you're on a diet again? Yeah, I was like, I saw on TikTok the other day a a video of this girl dancing, little girl, little girl, not a girl, like little girl, like maybe five, six years old. And she was like, mommy, you need to work out like me so you don't get fat. Oh, I was like, oh, exactly. Where did she learn it? Where did, and everyone's like, ha, ha, ha. Oh, she's so cute. I need oh. her to be my motivator. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I was like, oh. someone needs to help this little girl because this is not we are not starting off on the right foot here. On the contrary to that, I saw in the reel as well of a woman. She had like a big belly. She had like a couple young kids. And the little girl came up to her and was like, mommy, I love your belly. It's so safe and protective. 
Aww. And she's like, I don't want your belly to go away, mommy. And was just like so in love with this woman's belly. And mm-hmm. I was just like, that is so precious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was perfect. And it was just a demonstration of how much that is taught, right? That is taught to not think that that is attractive, mm-hmm. even though there were periods in time when that was attractive. If we exactly. Take ourselves back, you know, that meant that you were wealthy and mm-hmm. well fed. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And now I'm just like thinking of all the time periods where that was the case. <laughs> yeah. And it comes in, it's always in and out, right? It's like, mm. here's a phase where that was cool. Then this came in, then this. And it's, yeah. If you mm-hmm. actually find one of those diagrams, I've, I've definitely researched them before of the different body types per year, per decade, oh. I guess it was per, per decade. Yeah. Interesting. I'm going to have to try to find that. Cause I know when I was like 13, it was like twiggy. Yeah, twiggy. You know, like like the tiny no butt. And you know what? I don't Nothing. I don't want to shame small bodies either. Yes. You know, yes. like Agreed. like if if so, there are people naturally of all different sizes and I think when so, and when an individual is healthy, they're beautiful as they are. But just to tell someone, yeah, you get what I'm saying. Like yeah. everyone's body needs to be small to be beautiful isn't true. Exactly. Just having this like this is the standard body type. Yes. But this is why we have all of these mindset issues that deserve the spotlight Mm -hmm. and deserve to be worked through, whether it's coaching or therapy or some other support. I think Mm -hmm. it's so important to be able to make this true physical and mental transformation. And I'm so glad that we had this conversation today. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Me too. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this episode. I know that life can be really crazy, and so the fact that you even set aside a few minutes to spend some time with me just means so much to me. If you're wondering how this episode applies to your life or any questions or follow-ups that you have in general, please feel free to let me know. There is a form that you can fill out in the description of this episode that will allow us to connect via email and just have a conversation as to what you are struggling with and where you need support. So if that's something you're interested in, you can find that in the description and I look forward to chatting with you soon. I'm so glad you were able to catch this episode of Fitness Beyond Aesthetics. I hope that it helped bring more clarity to your life within the health and fitness world, and that in turn empowers you to keep moving forward. I don't believe we will ever have the answers to everything, but we can continue to learn and keep an open mind. If there's a topic you'd like to learn more about, please email me using the link in the show notes. If you'd like to explore different ways to work together, check out my website at estellecfitness.com. That's Estelle, my name, the letter C for my middle name, and the word fitness.com. If you want to get to know me better, I highly suggest following me on Instagram at Estelle C Fitness. I'd love it if you sent me a DM to connect, or if you just want to stalk me on there, that's fine too. Until next time, friend, have a lovely day.